Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au online. My name's Lauren and from the Brainwaves team today we have Zach and Steph and this month it is Domestic and Family Violence Awareness Month and it is a chance to raise awareness of the social and personal impacts of domestic and family violence and to make aware of the support available for those affected. Domestic violence is the violent behaviour, abuse and intimidation between people who are or who have been in an intimate relationship. Today we are going to be talking to Kate who is a survivor advocate from Safe Steps. Safe Steps is a 24-hour support service for family violence committed to eliminating family violence through a recover, uh, respond, recover, prevent framework. Um, in today's show, we will be talking about domestic violence. If this is confronting for you, then please tune out. You can also contact Safe Steps 24-7 phone line on 1800 015 188, Lifeline on 131114 or Wellways Helpline on 1300 111 500. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us today. No worries, good to be here. So Kate, could you firstly just explain to us what exactly a survivor advocate is and what they do? Sure, so a survivor advocate is anyone who has lived through and survived family violence and uh, what they do is they provide a platform where survivors feel empowered and safe to share their personal stories, to raise awareness of family violence um, to a range of different communities and media outlets like yourself, so just to get the word out there really. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Hi, Kate. Um, yeah, just wonder, wondering if you might want to be able to tell us a little bit about your personal experience with family violence, um, you know, in terms of like maybe how long it, it went on for and did you did you kind of share it? Yeah, with, of course. Um, so my personal story is can be considered a little bit different from the regular type of family violence. Mine was with my uh, sibling, so sibling violence. He was and still is four years older than me, but my perpetrator was my oldest brother. Um, And it really started when he started experimenting with hard drugs. Um, And his abuse kind of ranged from physical, emotional, psychological, financial, all types of different forms, and it probably went along for five years or so. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Did you, while that was going on, did you ever share what you were going through with anyone else? Um, a little bit. It was really depending on how I was feeling, but it was very hard to tell friends about what was happening just because yeah. not everyone can really understand or put them in, you know, your shoes. So like any kind of um, victim, you also feel a bit of shame and a little bit of embarrassment that this is going on in your own family. So I didn't tell that many people, yep. um, except for when I went to see therapists or counsellors, I felt like I could really tell them what exactly was going on so I could get all the help that I needed. Mm -hmm. 
So were you were you living with your brother, with your family? Yeah, as it was well? in the family home. Okay, yeah. Wow. It wasn't um, just me as the victim; it was everyone really? in the family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and maybe yeah. Um, how did how did you how did you find ways to cope? What, what kinds of things did you do to kind of cope with that abuse? Yeah, I I think most of the time I was pretty good at pretending, so I kind of just like pretended it was okay. But other than that, I would cope by leaving the house completely and going to other people's house to stay for a couple of nights here and there. Or sometimes I'd just turn to alcohol and just see that as an easy escape, really. But um, also sport. I also did a lot of sport to try and, you know, get the anger out in another way. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, That's okay. Did you ever have an opportunity to confront your perpetrator? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was living with him, so I did have um, the opportunity to confront him. The problem with my situation was because he was uh, addicted to ice. He would forget a lot of the things which had happened or along those lines so it was really hard to kind of drill any sense into him at all um but I did have chances with intervention orders and court systems and that to confront him yes yeah and I can imagine that like that would have been incredibly like difficult yeah it's pretty yeah it's not a very nice thing going to court against your brother yeah Mm. definitely and when did you finally manage to break away from that situation, that family situation? Um, I left my house probably two and a half years ago. Um, One final incident happened and I kind of just couldn't handle it anymore and I had a small window of opportunity to get out of the house so I booked a removalist van and I left. Mm. Well, that's like good to hear that it did get to that stage where you were able to get some distance Um, and I guess some women talk about the emotional scars being harder to di- to heal than some of the physical ones. Uh, what was the hardest part of your personal experience? Um, I, th- I, I completely agree with the statement where you said that emotional scars are hard to heal. Um, I think the hardest part of my experience... Um, they probably are the emotional scars... I can't probably put it down that's, to which yeah, ones they are. That's completely, that's completely fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you agree with the statement. Yeah, totally. that, yeah, I used to sometimes say that like I wish, I wish that there was more physical scars so people would kind of believe me. Yeah. More. But like I think that's a common a common problem with a lot of victims is like if there's nothing physical showing, then they won't get any kind of belief. Yeah. Mm. And that's just awful to yeah. have to kind of believe that as a victim that I I mean I can imagine from what you've said um yeah thank you for that um so I was going to ask you um like with a lot of well generally family violence situations there's often a lot of like secrecy and covering things up um can you can you identify with that like yeah absolutely I think we, well, the family as a whole, were very good at pretending that everything was fine. Any, um, any occasion, any time friends were over, any any time at all where someone else that didn't know what was going on, we were pretty good at lying that everything was really fine in the family, which is yeah a huge problem with a lot of 
victims currently in the situation and I'm sure what a lot of other survivor advocates had to deal with it was just pretending because there's so much shame and guilt put onto them. Mm. Did that um, kind of involve also maybe like within the family, like like lying to family members or pretending, feeling like you had to pretend within the family itself as well or was it more t- towards the outside, would you...? It was, it was a bit of both. I mean, I think sometimes when you see other family members not coping, you've got to pretend as well. Mm. Um, but more so to the outer, like, you know, anyone else that was yeah. looking in, it was mostly to them. Yep. Yeah. And how did that impact you? Do you, do you think that kind of, that, that, um, that pressure to pretend? I think it was just anger mostly, like angry that you had to pretend that everything was fine. Um, mostly anger, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in term, in terms of like, I guess your brother now is I don't know. I mean, has he is he is he sort of off the ice or is he still much the same? Um, well, I, I I completely like took myself out of the that kind of situation so I don't really know everything going on with him I think he I I couldn't tell you I think he's off it but you never know with people who have addictions and I guess the most important thing is to like take care of yourself first and make sure that you're yeah protecting yourself and you're in a safe situation so um it's really good to see that you are kind of separate yeah. Um, prioritising that at the moment. Totally. Um, we do see a lot of underreporting of domestic and family violence, unfortunately, often because there can be fears of not being believed, like you said, or not having the perpetrator brought to justice. Was this something that was true for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. I know for my circumstances, only a number of incidences got reported be- like to the police themselves because... It really depends on what situation you're in. You might be getting threatened with your own life, your possessions or anything you hold close, so you might not call anyone for help, really. Mm. Um, I think that is a serious problem with family violence at the moment. Um, What was the rest of the question? Yeah, no, that's all right. It was just, it was mostly whether you felt like that was true for you. or I guess if there was anything else you had, anything else, any other ideas you had to do with that topic, but it's okay if, if you don't. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think after going through the court system so many times and seeing him getting like a slap on the wrist or just an yeah. IVO, an intervention order, it's just kind of like the paper's not really going to do anything in the end. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in the survivor advocate group are thinking the same thing, like it doesn't really do anything. If they want to yeah. do something, they'll do it regardless. Yeah, so that's that idea of, like, there isn't that kind of justice no. that you can see. And yeah, completely. Yeah, Kate, I was just wanting to ask, like, you mentioned about uh, playing sport and getting getting anger out through through playing sport. Is, is there any other ways that, that your family violence situation sort of impacted on you and your sense of self, do, do you think? Yeah, I mean, at, at the time I thought, I was obviously quite debilitating. I was already, I was quite young um, when it was all happening, 19 to 23 or so, and I was trying to figure out 
like who I was already and all that type of thing and then it had this thrown on top so it impacted that for sure but I think my sense of self now is really really quite good like I'm happy with who I've become and how so even though the story's not that fabulous um but yeah it's just made me a lot more stronger and resilient so it's a good outcome in the end yeah definitely um that is really great to hear and I guess what do you think has been the biggest thing you've learned about yourself as a result of this experience um I think just quite simply that I, I'm really strong. Like, mm. you, it's a, it's pretty simple. Like, yeah, yeah, just that I'm a strong person in the end. Yeah. Even though during times I thought that I wasn't. Definitely, no. That's a really, um, like, amazing thing to be able to take away from a really awful situation. Yeah. Mm. So, as a as a survivor advocate, you you share your experience with others. Um, how um, do, is is that a rewarding thing? Like, do you find that rewarding to be able to share your experience here? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's taken a long time to be able to share it properly and feel comfortable being able to share it. Um, but it it is quite a nice ex- well, not nice, but it's it's nice being able to help people that are in or have been in a similar situation. I know that. Um, I've been talking about it a lot lately and a lot of friends and work colleagues have come out to me and said that, you know, they've dealt with this or been a a victim once and all these type of things. So it's nice in that sense because I know that any little thing that you can get off your chest while you're experiencing family violence or domestic violence can make you feel like that little bit better. So in that sense, it is really nice and reassuring. Yeah. And what was the most healing thing that you did uh, that helped you come to peace with your experience of family violence? Um, well, just just last weekend, I held a quite a large fundraising party called "End the Silence, Stop the Violence," which was a family violence That's awareness awesome. party. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. I had um, some Melbourne bands, Good Morning, Miss Modular, the boys from Dreaming Wild, and then Shit Bitch. Cool. So, um, play. And I had all this food donated by um, Hagen's Organic and Lil Frenchie and Co. And then some beer from Stomping Ground. So it was a really nice like community vibe that everyone got together and all my friends helped out. And it was it was a really beautiful event. And that's when I shaved off my, all my hair. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and we, we raised around $13,000. So that was a real big moment yeah, to see so much support huge. all in one spot and then see all this money go to safe steps. So it was a really nice feeling, Yeah, very healing. Yeah, yeah. you should awesome. be yeah incredibly proud of that achievement. That is an amazing amount to raise. Um, and I suppose anything that gets people talking or gets people acknowledging it is mm, doing yeah. something for everyone out there. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's incredible to hear. I mean, especially the name that would stop the violence. So sorry. And the silence. And the silence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That I mean, that's just to to be able to hold like um from what sounds like it is such a kind of community focused maybe like empowering like event is quite like extraordinary to like be be able to do that um now so that's yeah there's a high statistics of people who've experienced family violence so I can be sure that a lot of people there would have been a victim once yeah and um 
yeah, it was a really good feeling. It was really nice. It was beautiful. Yeah, well, that's mm. great. Mm. Mm. And what advice would you give to any women or men who are currently in a domestic or family violence situation? Uh, I think something that I would have liked to have been told back when I was going through it all was just that there are people out there that want to and are willing to help you. Um, even if you think that no one is out there, they mm. definitely are. And if you think you can't leave, you really can. You can leave. Um, but... I think that's a testament to Safe Steps as a great example of who you can talk talk to, sorry, or yeah. give a call to because they're the only 24-7 family violence response centre in Victoria. So they really do an amazing job at helping out the community. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I guess so would, would that be one of the main resources that people would be able to turn to if they're yeah. in a situation like yeah. like yours. Yep. They do, yeah, they've got the 24-7 um, phone service where, I, the st- I don't know if I can remember the stats correctly off mm-hmm. my head, but I think it was close to like 90,000 calls yeah, wow. in the year. Wow. Apparently, yeah, I don't quote me because I don't have any Something stats. around that There's a lot of, area. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what they do yeah um and that number for anyone at home who may ever need it um the safe steps 24-hour family violence phone line is 1-800-015-188 thank you so much kate for joining us today on the show it's been a pleasure to talk to you Um, and i'm sure like you said there are many people that have been touched by family violence so i'm sure that your story has probably resonated with quite a few listeners today yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, so that was Brainwaves on 3CR. You can find more of our shows on our website. That's brainwaves.org.au. Uh, the 3CR website, that's 3cr.org.au slash brainwaves and on iTunes as well. Um, and just a reminder that Radiothon is coming up soon um, and our show will be on the 13th of June. Um, and we're hoping to raise $1,200 to go towards keeping the station on air um, and keeping our lovely voices on air as well. <laughs> We'd love for you to donate by calling the station on 9419 8377 or online at 3cr.org.au. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.